Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I'm your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on all of your favorite podcasting apps, and I appreciate when people download it with Spotify, but you don't have to. It's just helpful to the show, potentially, being this show is on Spotify for podcasters. That's kind of our platform that we're using. Thank you once and always for downloading and listening to this show. It is a great pleasure to be back on board with you once again today as we're hitting the month of May now. Uh, I haven't, still haven't done a single spring cleanup, which is kind of sad, but uh, we're about to start that any second now, literally. <laughs> well, day now is a safer assumption. But um, the Minnesota Vikings had their draft, and we're going to talk about it right here, the 2023 Minnesota Vikings and Purple Mafia Draft Review. We also have a fairly exciting undrafted free agent (laughs) group of players to talk about as well. Interestingly enough, the Minnesota Vikings did wind up with the guy that I endorsed, which is uh, the first time in a while, but uh, ended up passing on a very significant quarterback along the way. So, hmm, um, I'm happy to have him and all that, the receiver named Jordan Addison. But at the same time, some of the same time, when you consider who fell and fell and fell, it's like, oh, we passed on him. So we'll see. It's another question we're going to have to answer in the next few years, I suppose. I'll look at the first round very, very, very quickly. No uh, analytics or analysis to get into, really. Not really, anyway. Uh, Bryce Young, Alabama, goes number one to Carolina. C.J. Stroud to Houston, despite all the negative uh, stuff going on. Who knows, maybe Houston put that out there to see, or uh, maybe other teams put that out there to try to get him to drop. Not Houston, but other teams to try to get him to drop. Um, Houston then traded up to take Will Anderson Jr., linebacker. So C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson Jr. will help... uh, Um, be pillars of the uh, Houston Texans, or so they hope. Anthony Richardson, who was rumored to go anywhere, basically, it seemed like, kind of like Will Levis was kind of rumored to go up and down, up and down the uh, first round. Anthony Richardson ends up going fourth. Uh, There was conversations about Levis going fourth to the uh, Indianapolis Colts. Devin Witherspoon, cornerback to Illinois. Paris Johnson Jr., tackle to the uh, Arizona Cardinals. Tyree Wilson, not a quarterback, going to the Raiders, so no Will Levis there. Interesting. Uh, Bishon Robinson going to the Atlanta uh, Falcons. Jalen Carter, defensive tackle to the Eagles, ninth overall. Hmm. Darnell Wright, uh, that's after that Chicago Bears uh, trade down from number one offensive tackle. Okay, cool, cool. It's not, not a bad idea there. Peter Skoronsky, uh, Skoronsky, Skoronsky, offensive tackle. The third tackle already taken to the uh, Tennessee Titans. No quarterback yet. Yeah. Anyhow, <laughs> Jameer Gibbs running back to the Detroit Lions. Lucas Van Ness all the way up to number 13, a guy that I touted a little bit on the last episode. A little bit. Goes 13th. Just tells you, you never know, right? That's pretty high. To the Green Bay Packers. 14th, the Pittsburgh Steelers take Broderick Jones. Will McDonald the fourth goes uh, to the New York Jets. Aaron Rodgers is on the New York Jets. We're going to get into that a little bit. Very, very briefly. Really not at all, actually. Emmanuel Forbes. He was a conversation brought up multiple times to the Vikings. Ends up going as high as to the Washington Commandos, 16th overall. Christian Gonzalez, cornerback of uh, to the Patriots. Jack Campbell, not the backup goalie of the Toronto uh, Maple Leafs or Los Angeles Kings uh, previously in the NHL. Jack Campbell, yeah, yeah, actually it is the goalie. He's going to try to play linebacker. No, I'm kidding. Jack Campbell from Iowa, the linebacker going to Detroit. 
A lot of people think Detroit may uh, have had the best draft of all. Uh, <clears throat> we'll see what happens. Uh, Kalaje Kansi to the to the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, not the Lightning, 19th overall <laughs> uh, defensive tackle. Jackson Smith something um, go, uh, goes to the <laughs> goes to the Seattle. Wow, so it's four uh, four wide receivers in a row. How do you feel about that? No idea. He's going to the Seahawks. Uh, Quinton Johnson going to the San Diego Superchargers now that they're Los Angeles. Zay Flowers, a lot of people really liked him, saw him going super high. Goes 22nd to Baltimore. Uh, 23rd, actually. 22nd. 22nd to Baltimore. I'm going crazy just looking at this right now. Yeah, why did they do that? They took the number 21 out. That doesn't make any sense. What are you doing? That's weird. Anyhow, we'll move on. Jordan Addison to the Minnesota Vikings. Deontay Banks to the New York Giants. Uh, Kincaid, Dalton Kincaid to the Buffalo Bills are traded up. Mozzie Smith to the Cowboys. That's a defensive tackle, of course. Kincaid to the tight end to the Bills. Interesting. Anton Harrison, offensive tackle to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Miles Murphy, defensive end, going to the Cincinnati Bungle Bengals. <laughs> Brian Breesey, defensive tackle. Defensive, yeah, defensive tackle going to the New Orleans Saints, who I believe traded up. Yep, Nolan Smith to the Eagles, uh, outside linebacker. Felix Andunk Uzoma going to the uh, defensive end, going to the Kansas City Schmucks. So, yeah, um, let's go. Yeah, they're the Chiefs. I don't like them, though. Joey Porter slipped all the way down, all the way down, all the way down. And Pittsburgh's like, okay, thanks, guys. Number one pick in the second round. So I'm just going to look at a couple. And then Will Levis goes number two in the second round to Tennessee. So Tennessee, back-to-back -back years, takes a quarterback that was slipping, 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 slipping in the draft. It's like, oh, come on, Tennessee. You already got the guy last year. Get out of here. Okay, well, I guess they're going to go for Will Levis now. And if those guys maybe compete, but um, Will Levis is probably going to be the better player of the two. And uh, Lottie freaking da, we're happy for him. Um, so we'll move on from that. Uh, we're going to get to Vikings news, free agency updates really quick. I know, I'm kind of weird. CJ Ham, that was on the last episode. Um, one signing. Joe Joan Williams coming from the uh, New England Patriots to the Minnesota Vikings. So another cornerback with depth and all that, adding depth to the team. Second round pick, 13th pick in the second round from the New England Patriots in just 2019. So not too long ago. Uh, played a number of games for the Patriots. Uh, zero INTs, a, a few tackles. Didn't really see a whole lot of action for a second round pick. Maybe kind of semi a bust, but we'll see. Uh, give him a chance. Give him a, uh, you know, and all that. But in a lot of ways, is he really a bust, though? He defected, uh, deflected. Five passes, but didn't play in 2022, uh, two, so must have been out for the season. That kind of thing, coming back from injury, and then winds up coming to the Minnesota Vikings. So five pass deflections in 2021 with the Patriots, and is now coming to the Minnesota Vikings. So, all right, <laughs> there it is. Uh, um, that's your free agent signing from, from actual NFL players, and then we get into the uh, other stuff later on, the undrafted free agents. Let's jump right into the actual draft by the Minnesota Vikings themselves. Finally, ladies and gentlemen, our feature presentation. And now, our feature presentation. Well, aren't you excited? Um, I'm trying to be. No, <laughs> just kidding. Yes, Jordan Addison comes to the Minnesota Vikings, 23rd overall. Uh, we're going to briefly look at his, uh, where the heck is he? His, Pitts, his Pittsburgh numbers. And I'll talk about how, kind of the same kind of stuff that I talked about 
in the preview, but in 2021 with Pittsburgh. So he was with Pittsburgh for two years and then went to USC last year. Of course, did uh, Jordan Addison, not he, but Jordan Addison. 1,593 yards, 17 touchdowns for Pittsburgh with 100 catches in 2021. It's pretty good, actually. Um, yeah, that's kind of good, actually. I, I kind of like what he did <laughs> with that team. Why aren't they showing? Okay, I'm going to kind of move around. And my deep apologies here. Yeah, I just have to go to this one. It's like you'd like to believe, yeah. So it's like it's kind of rare that guys go to two schools, but I guess not that rare. Uh, played 11 games in the Pac-12 there. So freshman, sophomore, and senior. Interesting. I don't know how that works. Uh, 2021 to 2022, he went from sophomore to senior. Sure, whatever you say. 100, 800 and, wow, his freshman year with Pittsburgh, he had 666 yards. Ugh, I don't know if I like that. Anyhow, 11 games last year. 875 yards with eight touchdowns, Jordan Addison. And uh, a lot of what I said in the preview kind of stands because I watched again and I saw the same same things and I liked what I saw because if I didn't, if I endorsed Jordan Addison, I must have liked what I saw, right? Um, but I also didn't know Will Levis was going to be available. So, you know, I'm a little bit, hmm, I, I don't know. I'm a little bit wondering, like, did we, did we, uh, did we, did we do the right thing a little bit? Maybe Will Levis really isn't all that great. Some people are thinking, yeah, it would have been the dumbest move ever, blah, blah, blah. And we'll get to that in fan interaction. I think this is going to be a two-segment show. Yeah, it's either one or two, basically. Well, probably keep it two. It's probably better that way. Well, we'll see. I don't know. I'm kind of doing my... I kind of get wishy-washy as I do some of these off-season shows. Though, uh, State of the Vikings... Uh, no, there is no State of the Vikings. But other shows, they'll definitely be three. State of the Wild, State of the Timberwolves. Those offseason shows and State of the Vikings, of course, was three segments. Jordan Addison, wide receiver, USC, 5'11", 173. Uh, definitely a good route runner. Uh, he's, he's a deep threat, <clears throat> or at least he can be. Able to make plays in traffic with contact. He's shifty with speed. He reminds me of Stefan Diggs a little bit, and he really does. Every time I watch him, I'm like, he looks, yeah, he, he, he plays a Stefan Diggs kind of game. Um, he's, he's kind of a hybrid between wideout and slot receiver. Able to make defenders miss and could be a great uh, could be great in short yardage plays as well as being a deep threat, which is a really good thing. Like he could be a super valuable guy. He might even be a number one receiver on some NFL teams, much less a uh, a number two to the best uh, receiver in the NFL at the time being. <clears throat> he would definitely take pressure off Just Jefferson and make a great offense better. So uh, Kirk Cousins. Dude, you've got your pieces. You you really do. At least in terms of wide receivers, you have two really good receivers here. Obviously, Justin Jefferson is the best in the league, but I also do believe Jordan Addison could be very special. It's it's ironic to think that we might have a Stefan Diggs type on the Minnesota Vikings after again having to trade Stefan Diggs and winding up with Justin Jefferson to get him. So things that may have turned out pretty good in this whole Stefan Diggs thing. Hopefully, we beat him to a Super Bowl championship in the process. Uh, hard to say at the end of the day, but I'm very happy with taking Jordan Addison. Very happy. I was like, okay, cool. But then it's like, oh, Will Levis, though. I mean, I don't know. Uh, that's something that's going to be, uh, we're going to have to wait and see. And if we passed up on a wonderful quarterback that could have been our quarterback of the future, that, you know, it makes you wonder. The Vikings did take a quarterback, though, and we'll get to him shortly. I'm not too, not too down about it or anything. I think he's, uh, I think there's something there, but obviously far from any type of guarantee. Heck, Tim Couch wasn't a guarantee, which is really sad. Everybody thought he was going to be a really good quarterback, and he wasn't. 
that's all I got to say about that. He just freaking wasn't, unfortunately. Um, again, this was 23rd overall in the NFL draft. I got to get this set back where I want it to be. I apologize here. Again, Joey Porter. Pittsburgh looks really good coming out of the draft. I got to say it. Um, Post-draft analysis. And, and, of course, we're going to hear from, like, the Kevin. We're going to hear from Kevin Seifert quite a bit. And might as well. You know, might as well hear the expert analysis as well. Kevin Seifert says the Vikings lost uh, 70 receptions and six touchdowns and Adam Thielen was released, opening the door for a wide receiver to be added. Addison is a savvy root, root runner, route runner, I'm just kidding, with sure hands. Sounds like Stefan Diggs with the sure hands thing. Remember how his, he, he couldn't even, uh, when he tried to pick up a recycle bin or whatever, he, his hands wouldn't let go? Yeah, uh, I'm just kidding. And uh, that was the goofy commercial. Very good post-catch explosiveness. Again, yeah, which could help him get early targets. Uh, with Justin Jefferson and K.J. Osborne in place already, quarterback Kirk Cousins has a talented group of receivers to work with in 2023. Yeah, because K.J. Osborne's my guy, man. He's one of my favorite players on the Vikings. Um, I think that there's... Why are, we, why are we looking at Britney Spears? Go away. Sorry, that's on the NFL Network in the background here. Um, Britney Spears, come on. Uh, K.J. Osborne, yeah, I mean, I obviously love love what he can do. He believes he can be a number two receiver. And if he is, so be it. Otherwise, you know, if Jordan Addison becomes the greatest number three receiver of all time, okay. Or Jordan Addison becomes a potential number one type of receiver. And we have an unbelievably good offense here, which uh, would be a lot of fun. It, it could happen. The Vikings could have one of the best offenses in all of football. Not that we didn't last year. And for the fact you had uh, T.J. Hawkinson to the, uh, the mix after unfortunately giving up a second round pick. But I suppose it's worth it when you consider you have a legitimate tight end will probably be better than Kyle Rudolph ever was to begin with. Um, when your impact projected is high-impact day one starter, Addison steps into a uh, starting spot opposite Jefferson and has the skill set to quickly develop into an excellent compliment from uh, Munich. Uh, so, really cool. Thank you, guys, for that. <laughs> yep, and of course, again, obviously you got to say the people talking about it because they deserve the credit. Doggone it. Third round pick, 39th pick in the third round. The Vikings actually traded down you know, from like kind of like the mid to late third round to the bottom, the basement. Because they figured, well, we're going to get the guy anyway and we can add a couple picks because we only had five freaking picks in the draft. And we wound up with six. We ended up getting, uh, I believe at the time, a sixth rounder, which didn't exist on our board. And a seventh rounder, which also didn't exist on the board. I think it was something along those lines. I can't remember now, but... <laughs> I think we didn't have a sixth, and we added an extra fifth, basically. It was something kind of like that. That's actually what happened, which is okay. You just trade down a few picks, uh, add a little depth in the draft. Try not to be like Rick Spielman and have like 17 seventh-round picks, and you end up cutting most of them anyway or putting them on the practice squad. and Maybe they emerge with another team and not with us. Great. Uh, Mickey, if I'm saying it correctly, and if not, I apologize. Mickey Mekhi Blackman. Blackman out of USC. You're going to notice two USC players and two LSU players. So two colleges are going to be in the first four picks. All right, so we're moving on to defense, defense. Mecky Blackman, a guy with a definitely uh, tenacious style, no doubt about that. And he's another guy who transferred over from uh, another college, just in this case, Colorado. How dare you? Just kidding. Um, Colorado, kind of confusing, but I guess it looks like there's a kind of a red shirt gear in there. Just to drive everybody crazy. That's weird. <laughs> Some of this stuff doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But he is a six foot one seventy, 
coming in uh, from Colorado and USC. Changed his number a couple of times and all that. Uh, with USC last year as a senior, though, when he actually played significant games, 14 games, obviously, again, very tenacious. Um, gosh, he had 45 solo tackles. Uh, three interceptions, can obviously get his hands on the ball. Yep, a very handsy guy. He's very hands-on, maybe more than Harrison Hand, I'd have to say. Um, and different different uh, sizes. Some people say he's 5'11", 187. And yeah, I, I do think he put on some muscle over the course of time. No one's complaining about this pick, to be quite honest. Again, like I said, very handsy in terms of getting his hands in there to deflect a pass or get the interception. He might get penalized a bit early on, but with Flores, he's, he's going to improve. He's definitely a perfect fit with Flores, uh, a, a guy who's aggressive and likes physical, you know, defense and all that, and uh, look willing to go for the stacks and the interceptions and such. A perfect fit for what uh, Flores wants. Very feisty, not afraid of contact, and having that mental edge. He's, he's very capable of an open field tackle, potentially for a loss. Yeah, so he can do a bit of a little bit of everything in terms of, like, he's a legitimate cornerback who can play the position uh really sticks to his guy and, and really like what i see there out of uh, mecky blackman um i think he's got uh, definitely definitely starter potential for the minnesota vikings even late in the third round back in the day i mean you take a cornerback in the second and third round with the uh <laughs> with the vikings and the dennis green and mike tice era and it was just like ugh, another guy is just not going to do anything and even in the brad childress era for most of it the Andre, uh, well, what was his name? I don't was it not Andre Allison. He was a receiver. I can't remember the other guy's name, but there were so many disappointing players on the Vikings, uh, in the Vikings secondary over the years, like the Eric Kellys out of Kentucky and such that just couldn't do anything going back to the Dennis Green era. But, um, definitely this, this pick looks like a good one, honestly. Um, a physical type of player. Let's see what some of the experts think at the end of the day. Um, the pre-draft analysis uh, that he mirrors the release and has a speed has the speed to run with most receivers in press. He's tough and competitive. Yep, so like I was saying there at the catch point, but he has shorter arms and his frame raises concerns about his ability to uh, match up with bigger receivers. Yes, there is that. He's not the tallest guy and if he has short arms. So, yep, um, he can get over physical and grabby. Yep, there's your penalty possibilities. Um, he fights to get off the blocks and tends to wrap up. So that's from Steve uh, Munich. Uh, from Kevin Stiefer at the post-draft analysis, the cornerback was a potential round one need for the Vikings, but they were able to wait until round three, and yes, the end of round three, right? <laughs> and still get a potential starter. Black Mun has fantastic tape and will push Andrew Bruce Jr. and uh, Caleb Evans for playing time. Yep. So, yep. I mean, Andrew Bruce Jr. hasn't proved anything yet. Neither has Evans. So Evans a little bit better, I think. Uh, Booth didn't look good at all and injured and all that, but Booth was very highly touted coming in, so we'll see. Um, 15 pass breakups and three interceptions in 2022. That's really good. Blackman has proven ball skills. Yep, from uh, Matt Miller, actually. That was not from Kevin Seifert. Um, but yeah, very cool. And you can even read about Kevin Seifert as well. But uh, sounds sounds like a good pick. Obviously, sounds like something. Uh, obviously, when you consider late in the third round, definitely sounds like a value pick, and a position of need. Despite the fact we've been adding cornerbacks, we lost like or we lost or, or got rid of pretty much everybody. It was kind of a complete changeover from last year. Like again, pretty much all you're bringing back is Booth and uh, uh, Caleb Evans. That's about it. it. You know, pretty much. That's about it. Um, and then of course, yeah, the, yeah, the Arizona. Uh, 
cornerback that we signed as well. So obviously he's new, you know, so they're all new. It's like a complete changeover and probably the right thing to do, unfortunately, even though I uh, really appreciate what Patrick Peterson brought. He's getting getting kind of older and you just don't know. And he's now with Pittsburgh and that could end up being actually a nice move for them. Jay Ward, now we're moving to Louisiana State University. Looks good in purple and gold. It's kind of like a reverse Vikings, a more purple or more gold than purple. They're more gold than purple, at least in some of their uniforms. Six foot one, uh, 188. His position rank was 10th. So we'll look at the position ranks super quick here. Uh, according to ESPN, they ranked uh, Jordan Edison as the third best receiver. Ooh. And his grade was uh, 89. Ooh. Blackman, his position rank was 30th. Hmm. Grade of 44. Overall rank of 223. Wow, they didn't like him too much for some, probably because of the possible penalties and such. Where Jay Ward, position rank 10th, overall rank of 151 in uh, grade 58. 58. He's a little taller, of course. Again, more lanky. Um, I'm not going to compare him to certain guys, but maybe I'll stay off some of that. But there's definitely something there, and I'm certainly <clears throat> a fan of what I saw. You're definitely not guaranteed a whole lot in these uh, mid-round picks, but there's, you know, we'll, we'll we'll see. Jay Ward overall, where was he actually taken? Fourth and late in the fourth round. So you're definitely not guaranteed anything, but Vikings certainly need depth in that uh, secondary. And Jay Ward could potentially be a starter at some point. Some people like him, some people not so much. Kind of a back-and-forth type of a conversation with him. For me personally, what I saw... In researching him again, six foot one, one eighty eight. He looks good in purple and gold. Sure, uh, has he does have a nose for the ball. He's one of those kind of free safety types that wants to kind of you know, he you know he wants to kind of get those interceptions, potential uh, pick sixes. He's able to read where the ball's going. His lanky frame really helps in reaching for the ball, which again could be possibly a bad thing for Mecky Blackman, where he's got shorter uh, shorter arms. Um, Jay Ward doesn't have that issue. Um, he's, he, he blocked multiple punts as well. He can deliver a mean hit when needed. And of course, uh, yep, as of course safeties are wont to do. So uh, again, trying to rebuild that uh, secondary. And Jay Ward does seem more like a valuable pick for where he is. It's crazy to think how much lower they actually rank Blackman. Supposedly the Vikings absolutely loved him. Flores and, and Co. absolutely loved, you know, obviously Flores and uh, Kwesi loved Blackman and really saw something there. So we'll see. Uh, hopefully he's a good pick. Uh, according to some people, he might have been a little bit of a reach. Um, where's the post-draft analysis? Well, maybe we'll go to Kevin Seifert here. But uh, uh, Munich in the pre-draft analysis, they say he's a versatile defensive back or moved back to the nickel star position. Yeah, because that's the one thing. They're talking about he can be like a J, uh, jack-of-all-trades. Um, kind of like... He, you know, good in several areas, but master of none, that kind of thing. I forget the exact phrase that people use, so I apologize. It's probably something that you're going to punch me in the face for not saying it right. But, uh, yeah, he's a versatile guy who can play in the nickel and also, again, be a, and also he's a safety. So he can play corner and safety, but is he a, a jack-of-all-trades, but master of none, that kind of thing. Um, I think that's the saying. Uh Thrived playing close to the line of scrimmage in 2022. He reads quarterbacks. Yep, yep, trying to get the interception. Uh, his reaction time is excellent. And yep, yep, I mean, that's what I saw. Yeah, he looked good. And uh, quick to break on the ball. He has quick feet and a good body control too. Ward is an aggressive run defender. And yeah, that's really cool. 
who never backs down despite his lean frame. Yeah, because he's a lot more lean, but he can deliver a nice hit, um, which is cool. He's a uh, reliable open field tackler as he uh, got stronger <clears throat> later on. This guy did play every one of his college years in the same school. So that's good. Congratulations for staying with LSU. You, pardon me, I believe he won a national championship. And I think he was teammates with Justin Jefferson, wasn't he? In 2020. Uh, 2020, uh, 2019, sorry. Yeah, because Justin Jefferson was drafted in 2020. Um, so yeah, way back as a freshman for just a couple games. Three interceptions in 2020, two interceptions in 21, and one interception last year. I felt like he had more than that. But, yeah, he, he's able to get to the ball. He had a nice fumble recovery that was a scoop and sticks, basically. Four pass deflections last year, four the previous year, six as a uh, sophomore. Good sophomore year, honestly, uh, to be quite fair. And he played cornerback at that time. So a moved to safety. And then last year they just simply say defensive back because he kind of played both in 13 total games, 60 total tackles, 69 tackles as a uh, junior when he played specifically safety. 69 total tackles. Good. So, could be a nice value pick for the Minnesota Vikings, and we shall see. We shall see. And yes, he was capable of delivering a mean hit, which I definitely appreciate in a big way. So, we're going to continue moving down, down, down. Uh, is it Jaquen? Jaquen? Roy, I think. Oh, I, I've heard multiple... <laughs> I've heard multiple versions of it, but yeah, I believe it's Jacqueline. It looks like Jacqueline, but he's not a girl. So, Jacqueline Roy, defensive tackle. Defensive tackle, like a three-technique type of guy. This guy's really strong, um, really strong. And, and just seeing him in the video, you could tell, like insanely strong. And then you read the uh, pre-dive analysis and you hear the same thing. Roy has the upper body, body strength to keep blockers off him. This is, of course, uh, from Steve Munich. Um, I'm going to read mine first, because I, I guess because it's my show, right? Um, but yeah, I didn't have a whole lot to say, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, a three technique who can get into the backfield for the TFL or occasional sack. He clogs the middle, but has enough quickness to catch up when needed. Yeah, because that's the thing. Like, he is an incredibly good run stopper, like to a point of like, but not like the big uh, over, you know, not, well, let's not say overweight, but big you know, the, the the big fat guy in the middle, I guess. I guess so I said the word anyway. He, he's not that kind of guy. He is, he is more of a three-technique type, but he can, he, can, he can make the tackle like it's nothing. Like, his upper body strength is insane. Like, we're talking crazy. Uh, or he could just grab a guy with one arm and just bring him down. And absolutely love that. Uh, 6'3", 305. Now let's get to Munich real quick. If I can humanly possible. Yep. The upper body strength to keep blockers off him. And he's at his best when slanting or staying on the move versus a zone run game. He frequently gives ground initially and can struggle to anchor when blockers do reach him. Yep, so there is that, unfortunately. So, yeah, they say he kind of plays too high. Like, he kind of plays too high, which gives blockers a chance to, you know, tie him up, that type of thing. Uh, Roy, not Waugh, like the NHL. <laughs> Roy flashes as a pass rusher. But he also has an average uh, takeoff quickness and doesn't counterpunch well once linemen get into his pads. So there is a bit of that. Um, but a, a great tackler, and yes, he can get into the backfield as well. So that's why yeah, I, I see him as a, yeah, and you just look at him. That's a three technique. That's not the other guy. The other, like the run stopper specifically, he's a three technique type. Um, he had, what did he have, like three sacks last year? So he's, he's not like crazy with the sacks, but still capable of doing it, that type of thing. And again, he also was with LSU. Um, 
think he did. Yeah, I think he won the national championship. I can't remember. Yeah, or was that twenty? Was that twenty twenty or nineteen? I guess. Yeah, it was really recent. I think they won multiple actually. But oh well, I'm not here to talk about national championships. Um, he actually only had four total sacks in college. So, not super-duper aggressive in terms of getting sacks, but more than capable of it. 49 total tackles last year. Um, definitely capable of getting in the backfield, though. But, yeah, I mean, he's not this, you know, he's not a first-round type of guy necessarily, obviously. He's kind of an up-and-down player. 2021 was definitely the better year. Uh, he had six tackles for loss, which is really good, in uh, 2021. 2022, 3.5. So, kind of like a down year in a lot of ways. A lot of people saw him as a better player in 2021. So if you're getting the 2021 version of this guy, he could be a very high-end pick. Otherwise, yeah, you know, maybe just a depth guy. If uh, that'd be Jacqueline. <laughs> if I ever say it right. <laughs> Jacqueline Roy. I don't think I am saying it right, honestly. But um, we'll get it right as we move forward. <laughs> I think it's Jacqueline. Roy, um, but there, there's something there. Obviously, his number one trait is his strength, his overall strength and capability of bringing people down like it's nothing. Like he will just stop you, no doubt about it. Um, and now we start moving on. The Minnesota Vikings wound up taking a quarterback in Jared Hall. Quarterback? The Vikings drafted a quarterback? Well, yeah, we took Kellen Mond a couple years ago, and yeah, well, there wasn't a whole lot much to see there. And when you watch his highlights, he wasn't all that exciting either. This guy looks a little better to me. Unfortunately, he's 25 years old. 25 years old, kind of like Hendon Herter. Um, I'm now I'm blanking on where Hendon Herter went. I want to kind of backtrack here, real quick, real quick, real quick. I apologize. Um, just get curious, you know, and all that. Uh, he wound up, I think he kept slipping, didn't he? I don't know what the heck happened. Yeah, he, he, he slipped for a while, if I remember correctly, which is the way, which is kind of funny when you consider that. And, of course, the Gophers' uh, great center, uh, John Michael Schmitz, went to the New York Giants, yay. Um, but, yeah, Herder didn't even go in the second round. And I, I didn't think he did. Uh, Hendon, Hendon Hooker. Did I call him Herder? Hendon Hooker. Hendon Hooker went to the Detroit Lions of all teams. That's who it was. I'm like, oh, yeah, how could I forget? He went up with the Detroit Lions, so we'll see. Is that Jared Goff and all that? Jared Goff's the main guy. Hooker's probably going to be the, yeah, he's, he's going to be the backup, obviously. And we'll see what happens if Hooker's just going to end up being a good backup in the NFL. And that might be what uh, Jaron Hall ends up being at the end of the day. Uh, we, we shall see. Uh, I kind of liked what I saw, though, but again, it's just highlights, necessarily. You're not always going to necessarily see everything you need to see. Again, Brigham Young University, so of course, like Mormon out of Utah, and one of the reasons why his uh, college career was longer was because of that. He was kind of busy with missions and such. Uh, his position ranked is, well, actually, I'm going to backtrack. Now I'm being an idiot here. Uh, for Jocelyn, Jocelyn, that's how you say it, Roy. Uh, his position rank was 11th. His overall rank was 131, and his grade is 62. That's actually pretty good, considering the circumstances there. Um, Jaron Hall, his position rank is 7th, so I guess the 7th best quarterback? Okay. Overall rank of 123 and grade of 64. Okay, so very interesting there. Only 6 foot, which is very short for a quarterback. 
that's certainly very mobile. Six foot two oh seven. So at least he's not like one seventy or something crazy like that. <laughs> that would be scary. Uh, my personal analysis, what I saw, uh, again, he's he's an older guy, like uh, like uh, Hooker. Uh, minus the ACL, but he did have hip injuries and a, and a concussion as well. So, you know, I mean, I, uh, okay, we'll see. Um, he does have mobility. He can throw at different angles. He's very athletic, can do more than scramble or get a first down. He can obviously run for several yards if need be. He can really take off. Uh, he can throw in motion. He's a very good teammate, doesn't throw receivers under the bus. Someone with proper coaching could be a capable NFL quarterback. Looks better than Kellen Mond already, at the very least. Decent arm, too. Yeah. He can, he can throw the ball a bit. Uh, doesn't have, like, an arm like, holy crap, you know, but he has a pretty good arm. So, he's, there's, there, there is a skill set there with Jaron Hall. He, he's, I think there's something there. I do. Um, again, obviously, prolonged college career. He only really played two real years, 21 and 22. That's where he actually played, played, you know. Not like, a, kind of either a backup or kind of busy with missions and such. Um as a sophomore, or I don't even know if that's a sophomore. Let's call it a junior, 2021. What the heck? Uh, 2,583 yards, th- uh, 20 touchdowns and 5 interceptions. Rating of, uh, it's a different kind of rating system, though, so we'll leave that alone. Uh, 20 touchdowns, 5 interceptions. So, hey, you know, not too bad numbers, to be quite honest. Uh, completion percentage of 63.9. Accuracy is definitely in question from most experts, but statistically his, his, his percentage looks pretty good. But, I don't know, maybe the throws haven't been that great. But uh, I liked, I, I certainly liked his spiral um, in 12 games last year. 66%, 3171 yards, 3,171. That sounds better. 31 touchdowns and 6 interceptions. That's actually not bad at all. Uh, rushing numbers in 21, he had 307, 3 touchdowns. Last year, 350 and 3 touchdowns. Can definitely break loose and, and explode a bit. And was on a couple trick plays, a couple of receptions. In both years, one of them for a touchdown last season with Brigham Young. One of those, you know, those wildcat or trick type plays. Not wildcat, but those other, you know, those trick plays that they set up the quarterback as a receiver. Those are always kind of fun. Sometimes it's a decoy. Sometimes there's something there. But um, obviously, again, it could be that flea flicker type stuff as well and all that. So those are always kind of fun where the, uh, a receiver, like a, like a reverse type of play, the receiver ends up being the quarterback, that type of stuff. But... I like what I saw, sure. Uh, could at least be a really nice backup, but maybe, maybe with the right coaching, maybe there really is something there. Unfortunately, two years from now, he's going to be 27 already, so there's that, kind of that Brad Johnson thing, where once Brad Johnson finally started playing, he was already almost 30 years old. It's like, oh, man. So there is that. It's not going to be like a long Tom Brady-like career if, if he does have success in the NFL. So that's just the way it is. Um but at least he doesn't have that hooker type of ACL type situation. Pre-draft analysis from Steve uh, Munich says Hall is an undersized quarterback. Yep, who works through his progressions and creates throwing windows with his uh, footwork. Yeah, yep. He flashes good anticipation and the ability to deliver the ball before the receiver breaks. He also extends plays, making off-platform throws and is a threat to scramble for first downs when nothing is available downfield. Yeah, so. Definitely not something you're going to get from Kirk Cousins a whole lot. Like, sometimes you will see Kirk Cousins scramble for that first down, but, oh, uh, Jaron Hall, there's definitely a, a quickness and a pretty good speed, to be quite fair. So we're going to talk about speed here coming up with the last guy taken in this year's draft. Uh, 
Roy was taken seventh overall in the well seventh in the fifth round anyway. So early in the fifth round, Hall was taken late in the fifth round. Jaron Hall, and then very early in the seventh round, a name that we heard over and over and over and over again. And some people see him as a potential starter in the NFL. In fact, it sounds like the Vikings have him projected as a uh, had him projected as a starting running back in their uh, on their draft board. Now take that with a grain of salt. But fifth pick in the seventh round, Dwayne McBride out of UAB University. It's it's not Alabama, but it's it's it's, it's the other Alabama. So that type of thing. <laughs> Pretty good player, though. Uh, position ranked 11th, 141 overall, grade of 60. An Adrian Peterson type, but certainly not as tall. 5'10", 209, U-A-B. It's, it's Alabama-Birmingham. That's what it was. Yeah, it's like the other. Yep, Alabama-Birmingham. Um, kind of where Michael Jordan played baseball, in a way, but as a minor league player, not with the college. Yeah, professional minor league, that type of thing. But um, I liked what I saw here. <laughs> There's... Yeah, very interesting. Dwayne McBride. Dwayne McBride projected as a starter uh, as a starter on Cam's board. That'd be uh, well, Quasi Adolfo Mensa. Um, more of an Adrian Peterson type, all run, very little pass catch, and has fum- has had fumbling issues. So there's that. He is an outstanding rusher, though. Uh, uses his power. He's very strong. Uses his power to get through. More of a north-south type of runner who can turn on the Jets in the open field, but he is ever capable of changing directions and hesitating to make defenders miss. Might be the seventh, the best seventh-round pick in Minnesota Vikings history. He, he just might. <laughs> he just might. If he's anything like he looks, if he's anything like he, he looks and he appears to be. Sorry for the stupid chair here. Um, makes more noise than people at work. Some, no, no, nobody makes more noise than them. But... Um, yeah, he, there is something there, and you have other receivers in this team that can be used in, you know, second, uh, like third, third down situations, like uh, Madison. Obviously more of a receiving type of back than uh, McBride can be, where McBride could be a first down, second down type of guy, like a two down running back, and be insanely valuable. Um, who knows, though? Maybe he can. Maybe he can. Um, but also, if it's a short yardage situation, he's so powerful, him being Dwayne McBride, he could get it anyway without having to do a pass catch. Um, according from uh, from Steve Munich, he says that McBride is a patient, yep, see, that's where the hesitation comes in, a patient and instinctive between the tackles runner, yep, with foot speed to sift through traffic. Uh, his greatest strength is his ability to pick up yards after contact. Kind of like Bo Jackson, actually, right? Didn't Bo Jackson kind of get contact and then take off? <laughs> and I, I know, I'm just saying that. That's kind of Bo Jackson-like. Uh, he plays with outstanding determination and can break multiple tackles on the same carry. McBride runs with good pad level, drives his legs and gets good push in short yardage goal line situations. So, yeah, I can definitely see McBride being a goal line threat in the NFL. Like if it's first and goal or whatever, and you're on the two, or you're trying to go for two, McBride could be that guy. Um, or he could be a nice decoy as well in those situations where you're maybe looking for a fade to uh, Jordan Addison. Somebody like that. Or TJ Hawkinson. And, of course, Justin Jefferson. Mr. Arrow himself. No, I'm just kidding with, with the way he does the double point. I like that. Um, McBride could be a hell of a pick, actually. I'm kind of intrigued by this one. Again, kind of a classic style running back. And he uh, insanely strong. Like, we're talking strong, strong. Like, when I said Roy is real strong, McBride's like that as a running back. Um... I liked it. I liked what I saw. It's 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 an interesting draft. It's I'm not like 
I don't have my socks blown off yet, only because I'm old enough to uh, understand that as interesting as these picks could be, you never know. You never know if they're going to pan out or not, but there's something there. Um, there's something there with a few of these guys, and McBride might end up being an outstanding seventh-round pick if he's anything like he appears to be with his, his power and his overall running ability. Might end up being an awesome running back in the NFL. Like, not a superstar, necessarily. And if he is, wow, what a great pick. <laughs> but <laughs> there's there's something there. Um, there's something there with Dwayne McBride. I would be surprised if he doesn't make the team. In fact, I'd be extremely surprised. Um, I don't want to say this guy's going to get cut or that guy's going to get cut. I don't think there's enough draft picks here for to think about these guys getting cut like early or whatever. Like um, Nate Triplett years ago, fifth-round pick, linebacker from the Golden Gophers. That was sad. I, I like Nate Triplett, and then he didn't make the Vikings at all. Oh, I felt so bad about that. Oh, wouldn't that suck? You're a fifth-round pick. I mean, you can't even get a year. Gee, not even a year with the Vikings. So that was really disappointing. Um, also interesting how the Vikings did not wind up with the linebacker there. But now let's look at the undrafted free agents who are insanely intriguing. Very intriguing. There's two of them that are really, really intriguing. And we're going to come back to them very shortly, but we'll name off the, the whole list and get back to the uh, insanely exciting ones. Uh, well, I guess we're opening up with an insanely exciting one. We'll get back to him in a second. Ivan Pace Jr. out of Cincinnati. Uh, Alan Ali, outside linebacker. Kelvin Avery, defensive tackle. Ben Sims, tight end. Uh, Andre Carter II, outside linebacker. Hmm, both linebackers, but maybe he's more of a tackle too, though. CJ uh, Colden, cornerback. Jalen Williams, cornerback. Uh, Jackie Chen, Jackie, not, not Jackie Chan, but Jackie Chen. Okay, outside linebacker. I'm just kidding. Najee Thompson, cornerback. Man, we took like 19 cornerbacks. Uh, Abraham Buplan. Buplan. Abra Abraham Buplan, another linebacker. With linebackers and cornerbacks. Jack Puzzlesky, a kicker. Interesting. Interesting. Jack Puzzlesky. Puzzlesny, sorry. Um, Malik Knowles, hopefully no uh, relation to a certain singer. Please, God, no. Please, God, no. Um, Pudlinski uh, is from uh, Georgia. Okay, interesting. So I, I want to know where he was coming from. You never know. Maybe he's the next kicker. Um, Thayer Thomas, wide receiver. Knowles, Malik Knowles was a receiver as well. Wilson Huber, linebacker. And uh, Cephas Johnson. Cephas. Cephas Johnson. I like that name. Coming in out of southeastern Louisiana. Louisiana, Cephas Johnson coming out of Louisiana. Gotta like that one. Wilson Hubber from Cincy. Kind of like a lot like a linebacker named Ivan Pace Jr., which might be the best undrafted free agent of all time, according to some people. But he led the entire he led in the entire Division One college football in uh, stop tackles, meaning like no gains that type of thing. Um, that's pretty crazy against Cincinnati Bearcats. People are blown away by this one. And he basically put out a, uh, was it Instagram or tweet? I think, I can't remember, I don't know, social media <laughs> to generalize. Basically like y'all are, y'all, y'all made a mistake or something like that. It was something along those lines, paraphrasing. Like it's like you guys are stupid. How could you, how, how could the whole NFL pass on me all the way through the draft? But the Vikings ended up getting him as a free agent. Um, 137 total tackles, 56 total tackles, 21 Point five tackles for loss. Twenty-one point five 
tackles for a loss. Ten sacks. Ten. Ten. Four pass deflections, three forced fumbles, no fumble recoveries and no blocks, like a blocked uh, kick or whatever, something like that. But, uh, whoa. Yeah. Well, a lot of people see him as a literally like a potential starting linebacker for the Minnesota Vikings. He's that good, and people are already saying that. Why would you, why would you pass on him then? I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> okay, he passed on him a lot of times, but obviously he will. We'll see. We'll see if maybe he was a third or fourth round pick. You know that ends up being a really good third or fourth round pick. Maybe he's not nearly as good as people think, or maybe he is one of those phenomenal uh, um, undrafted free agents like Adam Thielen was, or somebody even beyond that. But uh, exciting move here. Exciting move, no doubt about it, getting Ivan Pace Jr. The other one, Andre Carter. Andre Carter, the second. Six, well, let's get to the Ivan Pace's size real quick. I apologize. Six foot, 235. I might have said that already. But uh, Andre Carter, the second, outside linebacker, six foot seven. Six foot seven, 260. Wow. Huge guy coming in from somewhere. What school is this? I was looking right at it. Oh, the Army, of course. He's coming in out of the actual Army. So, pretty cool there. <clears throat> um, an, a, another interesting one. We had a better 2021. There's no doubt about it. Uh, this is actually probably the guy they were talking about, not Roy. This was the Carter they are talking about. And possibly the reason why he slipped out of the draft. So, it wasn't necessarily Roy that had the weaker year in 21 to 20, uh, 22 to 21. It, his 21 was better, Roy. But Carter in 21 could have been, they're saying, like a very high pick. Like legitimate. 15 and a half sacks. 15 and a half sacks. 18.5 tackles for loss. Um, 44 total tackles. So definitely not as dominant in overall tackles. They, they, they show him as a defensive tackle, defensive line, but I mean, this is a guy, again, who's probably in the 4-3-4. Th- uh, yeah, he'd be like in the front area, probably. Or, excuse me. Yeah, he'd be one of the four linebackers, basically, where he's like a defensive end, but a linebacker, that kind of thing. Um, 15.5 sacks. Last year, only 3.5. But 15.5 in 21. Got an, uh, a couple of INTs, one in 2020, one in 21. Uh, three pass deflections in 21, four forced fumbles and one fumble recovery. Covery, pardon me. He also did block two punts. Two. <clears throat> two block punts for Andre Carter. Um, last year, only two pass deflections, no interceptions, and nothing else with the fumbles or anything. Again, 2021 was the big year. If you're getting the Andre Carter of 2021, you have yourself a legitimate pick. If 2022 is who he is, it's unfortunate, but I think he was beat up and injured. Only seven tackles for a loss. So, his 2022 numbers are partially why he slipped out of the draft. I'd have to say, definitely wasn't the same guy. But in 21, he looked like Pro Bowl level. Holy cow. Uh, and Ivan Pace Jr. looks like Pro Bowl level right now. Uh, so, two very interesting picks that could be a huge part of this 3-4 uh, defense with Flores coming forward. Pace Jr., oof, Pace Jr. and Carter. This could be very exciting if these guys make the team and really uh, can take this team somewhere. We shall wait and see what happens with that. With that, we're going to take a quick break and get to fan interaction.
And we are back here on Fan Interaction. <clears throat> Facebook page, Twitter account, all that good stuff. At Purple Mafia Show, at Purple Mafia Show is the Twitter account. I believe Twitter is extremely quiet, unfortunately, because the last show wasn't that, well, it wasn't too long ago. It's a little ways. Tanae Brown out of New Zealand and Vince Germano out of Australia retweeted the most recent episode. Gerald String retweeted it as well, coming in out of Nebraska. Uh, Malcolm McSween, yep, a bit frustrated here, saying, I wanted the Vikes to take Lamar. I wanted the Vikes to take Hertz. <laughs> this year I wanted the Vikes to take Hooker. So we'll see if Hooker ends up being something. Malcolm McSween coming in out of California. I was saying they dragged this thing out so much. It's criminal. Enough already. Make the damn pick and move on. Yeah, because my frustrations are every single time there's a pick, oh, we got to hear from this person. And oh, here's this cute girl. Oh, here's this cute little boy. Here's this. Here's that. Here's this. Here's that. And oh, we're going to bring in this fan. He's been a fan for 30 years. La da 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 da. This guy played for the team for 25, no, this guy played for the team 30 years ago and we still love him and da 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 da. And oh, we want to talk about this charity and that charity. Can you make the pick? Can you make the pick? It's okay. We get it. Yeah, you can do charity stuff, but and we really appreciate it. I think the whole planet does. But just just make the pick. The picks what the pick was in ten minutes ago. Make the pick. Anyhow, that's my feeling about that. Well, unfortunately, that's the end of Twitter, which is okay. I mean, it is what it is. People are busy or whatever, and I didn't interact enough. That's my own fault. And thank you, Malcolm, very much for interacting. I really appreciate that. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. The most recent episode, number four hundred. So this is four hundred one. Mark Carlson says. Again, coming in out of Iowa, and the Gold Star winner of the year for 2022. <laughs> Says, uh, number 400, excited to see the new episode on my list. All these years I've been listening and enjoying every episode. I hope they keep coming, and, and they will, and they will, even though I get, <laughs> there are years I'm like, oh, I don't want to do this, but then it's like, you know, like in, the, like in August, I'm like, oh, I don't want to do this, and then September is here, and I'm like, okay, let's go. It's weird. Like, August, I'm just worn out, beat up. Uh, you know, summer's starting to end and the sun comes up later and I just don't feel so hot. And then, oh, it's football season. Okay, I'm I'm ready. I'm kind of like that. I'm kind of like Favre. <laughs> I'm kind of like Brett Favre. Like, I don't want to come to training camp. Just leave me alone. Go away. Oh, 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 okay. It's week one. Let's go. Well, no, I start usually a little earlier than that. But it's like that, though. I get worn out. Yeah, I get worn out in the lawn service and such. Yeah, and the older I get, the older I get. Uh, the Vikings signed the uh, the cornerback from uh, New England. No interaction there. Just a few likes. And there is the uh, yep rumors about Trey Lance, which could still happen. Mostly likes here. It looks like no comments, but a number of likes. Appreciate that. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings have had discussions with the San Francisco 49ers about a potential trade involving Trey Lance, according to Mike Florio. And it could still happen, I'm sure, but it probably won't. It could, but it probably won't. Um, AP Source, Jets agree on deal to acquire Aaron, Airhead Rodgers. Okay, I'm just getting Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, the New York Jets did end up getting Aaron Rodgers. Um, Score North put out the whole trade compensation per sources. This is from Adam Scheffler, but Score North shared it. Thank you very much, Score North. Of course, big fan. Uh, trade compensation per sources. Jets get a Rodge, Aaron Rodgers. Pick number 15, a 2023 fifth round pick at number 170. Cool. Okay. The Green Bay Packers get pick number 13, a 2023 uh, second round pick, 
number 42, a sixth-round pick, uh, number 207, a conditional 2024 second-round pick that becomes the first of Rogers uh, plays 65% of the plays, which he probably will. So congratulations on your 2024 first-round pick. It's it's a decent it's a decent compensation, but it's not that much, partially because he's so old. Like if Aaron Rodgers was like thirty, that they would be insane. It would be like it would be like three or four picks, probably first round picks or potential first round picks. Um, and yes, they say goodbye. The Packers have finally traded Aaron Rodgers to the New York Jets, and yes, sir, Mark Carlson and Dave Hickey chiming in, and I didn't click like or anything because I suck. Okay. Oh, I guess I clicked like Dave Vicky out of Iowa says good and good riddance cry baby and Mark Carlson says and now what interesting news for sure are the Jets in a win now year I didn't know it <laughs> yeah I see what you mean they were kind of good for a while last year and then this thing kind of went down the you know what because they didn't really have a quarterback uh, their defense is pretty good they came here and they competed because our Team gives up 550 yards a game with uh, a certain guy at the with the the, the scheme and, and certain old players that were washed up and such. It was a combination of things where that defense needed an overhaul. It did not need tweaking. It needed an overhaul <laughs> in so many ways. <clears throat> so yeah, we'll see. They, yeah, it's amazing how we still gave up like 400 yards in that game. It's freaking unbelievable. Continue. Yes, I did a video in the car, which I like to, you know, sometimes I do a little, I call them mobile podcasts on my freedom of thought. And I even did a Timberwolves explosion like that. I might even do a Purple Mafia sometime. Mobile podcast, probably not video too much, but every now and then a reaction to something huge and crazy. I might do that. I might do like, yeah, like, wow, we passed, uh, we, we took Jordan Addison, but then we passed on uh, Will Levis. Holy crap. But um, yeah, that got a decent amount of views. Uh, it's not going to necessarily make me any money. I don't see any ads in the video. so. <laughs> but, yeah, it got more views than I would have expected. Let's just leave it at that. Or more interaction, anyway. I don't know if it got a ton of views or not. Like, insights might be just people saw it. It doesn't mean they watched it. It was a, it was a decent number, like 2,000 or something. Which, uh, you know, that's not bad at all. But doesn't mean they watched it. Oh, that's the sad truth. So, Leland Albertson out of Iowa says... It's shocking to our household to see what happens next round. Well, if we get a pick, well, if, if we get a pick, yeah. Yep, which we, yeah, we didn't have a second round pick, did we? <laughs> Mark Carlson, Iowa says, yep. Yep, and Iowa rules Purple Mafia, let me tell you. Iowa rules Purple Mafia. Leland, Mark, Dave, Jeff Froyland, Iowa. <laughs> Across the board. I love you, Iowa. I love you, Iowa. <laughs> That's why I have a soft spot for the Iowa Hawkeyes and Iowa State, you know, Cyclones in the basketball tournament. But Iowa Hawkeyes more so in football, even though they roast and toast the Govers every bleeping time they play them. I don't enjoy that very much, but I respect your club very, very much. When I hear Iowa Iowa linebacker or Iowa lineman, it's like, ooh, like Lucas Van Ness. Yeah, offense and defense. Yeah, they're good. Anyhow, Mark Carlson says, "Why would why would they do that? We could have taken a strong defensive player." Yeah, well, yeah, well. I mean, I'm happy with the pick, but I can understand that point of view. Luckily, we did get some defensive players later, obviously, and uh, this was all reaction to just the first round. So, obviously, none of us knew who the Vikings were going to take at the time. Um, but which, yeah, so that's how that goes. Though I can't say I came out of the draft thinking we got the greatest defense ever, but um, but the two players we did get, uh, the two players I mentioned, Carter 
and pace, we might have something very special defensively if those guys are anything near what they appear to be. Dave Vicky says, I think Hendon Hooker, Hooker is going to be a better pro than Will Levis. Ooh, but we passed on both. Several really good defensive players still on the board, too. And we go with Jordan Addison. He better be a difference maker. I agree, because if he isn't, if he isn't, see, that's, yeah, I can see where you guys are questioning that, both Dave and Mark a little bit. If he isn't, that would be a very huge disappointment, but we'll see. Uh, Jeff Royland says, am I missing something on Levis? He throws more interceptions than anyone else in the in the first by a large margin. Usually when they transition to the NFL, it gets magnified. I'm glad they passed on him. Everyone did. Yeah, because I doubt that uh, Hall would throw only six interceptions in a full NFL season, so I can see what you mean. It's it's way harder. Like, college to pro at quarterback is way harder. So, good takes there, and very interesting. I don't know why this always says most relevant. Everything is relevant. Come on, just show me. Stupid. Oh, I like that. Real time, so it'll actually show when they were... Oh, I like that. <laughs> so thank you guys for your reaction to that. Um, yep, Jordan's at Jordan Addison. Uh, let's see if I could get caught up here. There's a couple comments here. I'm going to put the Jordan Addison pick officially. Yep. <laughs> Mark Carlson says, I can't complain. I know there is a plan, right? But what about the D? Yep. Thankfully, they addressed it a bit later. Uh, Dave says, I guess they plan on outscoring everybody. And Mark says, must be the plan, Dave. Yep. Well, <laughs> sure looks like it. But no, I mean, they did they did take defense later. And then they took the quarterback and no reaction, unfortunately. But you got to see the video and everything and someone shared it. And a couple more here. Vikings announced agreements with 15 undrafted free agents. Yeah, because I had a couple of uh, uh, messages as well. Dave Vicky, yeah, Dave Vicky actually messaged me about pace, if I remember correctly. Dave Vicky says, it looks like at least a couple of starters. Yes, I'm optimistic. Yeah, they look good. Um... Mark Holland says, let's check this list out. Thank you, Paladino Joey. Yep, you're very welcome. And uh, it is a very interesting list, no doubt about it. Um, and then we get the zero championships thing. And uh, yeah, very interesting stat that's been floating around this past week with the Wild getting knocked out and the Wolves getting knocked out. Woof, Minnesota sports teams, Vikings, Twins, Wild, and Timberwolves have made the playoffs 50 times with zero championship game appearances, like championship series or games. No one else is even close to that number either. So that would be like dating back to the 91 Twins. Optostats, at Optostats, says the Twins won the 1991 World Series. Since then, the Twins, the Twin Cities teams have made the playoffs 50 times in Major League NFL, uh, NBA, NHL, and have failed to reach the championship round every time. No other metro area in those in the core four sports history has had even 30 straight playoff trips without making the finals or Super Bowl or whatever. Isn't that crazy? 50. 50. And it's probably going to continue because I doubt the Twins are going to the World Series, but I suppose it's possible. I doubt it. Uh, the Wild, yeah, the Wild can't even get out of the first round, and it was interesting back and forth with Bill Guerin and Mar Michael Russo. I may have a short episode with Brave the Wild coming up again to react to some of the the press conference, and some of the uh, Minnesota Wild news going on. They did not fire the coach, despite the fact he is an offer in the postseason. Uh, four years in the AHL, that's the minor league, No, uh, didn't get out of the first round. Second, or, or in the NHL, four years in the NHL, didn't get out of the first round. Um, didn't even get to the first round the first, time, the first year. 
in terms of he lost in that bubble thing, which people say they don't count. Uh, I do count it, because you would count it if they won it, so you would. <laughs> um, conversation here. Donna Mueller says, time to change. I agree with that. Mike Dale says the North Stars. Yep, and I like to hear that from a guy from New York talking about the North Stars. I like that very much. Um, all comments, please. Thank you very much. Uh, Mike Dale says the North Stars also made it to the finals in 91. Yep, and lost to the Pen Pittsburgh Penguins. Of course, that was almost 32 years ago, so that's a long drought of futility. Yep, and that's unfortunate. They lost. See, a lot of people, this whole thing is about getting to the final, and then, yeah, it, that's the thing, because if, if a team gets to the finals, you're praying to God they win. You don't want to just say, yay, we made it, and then lose, because that's depressing, too. Um, but, yeah, even teams like Buffalo and such, they got to the Super Bowl up to 94, I believe. No, 93, um, which is two years later. And, of course, Buffalo only has two teams. Uh, Ron Sturdy, 87 and 91 Twins won the World Series. Get your facts straight. Um, what are you talking about? That's There's nothing wrong with the... Uh, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with what this what, what 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 was said here. It's it's judging after 1991. We know the 87 Twins won, but that's further back. That's further back. <laughs> so I don't know if he's saying that to me or to the uh, Score North or that Opta stats, but 87, <laughs> 87 was before 91. The whole point was since 91, there have been 50 seasons. So maybe he's not understanding that part, that part of the aspect. There's been 50 seasons without getting to the championship total. Not 50 years, like, yeah. Yeah, we have 50 playoff appearances, excuse me, since then. There have been 50, not 50 seasons, 50 playoff appearances since then. There's been quite a few more than 50 seasons. Um, yeah, more like 100 and, like 100 something. Uh, it's not 130 quite, because the, the wild were, didn't exist. There was no hockey for seven years. Um, Seven-year tribulation in the hockey world. <laughs> but, um, no, 50 playoff appearances for all these teams. Like, the Twins made the playoffs many times and didn't get to the World Series um, in the 2000s. Vikings, blah, 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 blah. So, you get the idea. The Wolves, the Wolves made it. Number, yeah, you get the idea. They just they didn't make it. And most of the time, they didn't even get out of the first round, which is annoying. Uh, so that should wrap up this episode. Sorry for the sports futility at the end. Gold star for this episode. You know, you were all a gold star. Yeah, you kind of are, actually. You kind of are. Gold star of this episode. I'm not. Uh, uh, yeah. Let's go with, let's go with, uh, let's go with Mike Dale for bringing up the North Stars. It, it, it's cool when someone, you know, from out of town remembers the North Stars so well. And I just love that. That's so cool. So, yeah, Mike Dale coming in out of uh, upstate New York. Um, actually, closer to Buffalo, right? Uh, and then you have Mark Mark and Dave Leland. You guys all deserve stars. Every one of you, you're all going to get one in this one. Malcolm, yep. Malcolm. You're all going to get, like, bronze and silver stars at the end of the day. So just because, you know, and I, I just love you guys. And they were all good comments. Everybody made a good comment. Um, Ron Skirty, well, the facts are straight. Yeah, uh, 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 it's 50 playoff appearances since, since 91. Not uh, the fact that, up, oh, you know, like since since the beginning of time, blah, blah, blah. So I don't know. Maybe he didn't understand what they were doing the math on. But regardless, whatever it is, what it is. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Tell your friends about it. If you can, listen to it. Uh, download and listen to it on Spotify. It'll help develop the show on there. 
uh, now that I'm on a different platform because I just have to. And, well, it's the, it's, it's the new home for Purple Mafia. We're probably going to stay there for a long time, barring some kind of surprise. So, oh, I think there was a couple of instant messages on Purple Mafia. Yeah, Homeboy Def. Yeah, I, I want to give him some credit a little bit here. Like, um, yeah, he was showing Anthony Richardson how good he was, and yeah, I agree with that. Also, Dave Hickey sent a, uh, I think it was a pers- it was a personal uh, message on Facebook to my regular Facebook page, or not page, my Facebook account, my regular account. Um, there it is. We'll get to it. Yeah, he was talking about uh, Ivan. Yeah, he was showing Ivan Pace Jr. Like, here we go. This is really potentially something here. Yeah, Skull Geek shared first, 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 second in sacks. Like, holy cow! Uh, quarterback pressures 31 first. Defensive stops 43 first. This is among linebackers in college football. Uh, tackles for loss, no gain. That would be like stops, so to speak. 14 first. Overall grade 92.0 first. Jeez. So he's a stud. He's a potential stud, and I hope he can. Uh, Ivan Pace Jr. can bring that to the the mix. And thank you very much, Dave. That was really cool. That was really cool. Um, that was yeah. That was awesome. Very worth what you had to say there. Uh, what the heck? Oh, that's fun. Sorry, I just read something uh, something else personal that it was a kind of annoying, but uh, leave that alone. Personal stuff. Life is funny. Anyhow, but thank you so much for listening to the show. God bless all of you, and we will be back to talk more Vikings football, hopefully in the not-too-distant future. Um, maybe a little bit till the next show, but uh, there's a good chance I'll get uh, Purple Hungry again and have something come up later this month or early June, something like that. And then uh, the hiatus will continue until, I don't know, who knows, maybe there's some kind of exciting news along the way. Uh, or I'll just have this urge to do a show or two here and there, get caught up on things or talk about history. Uh, until next time, though, take care and uh, God bless. <laughs>